Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. All righty, all righty. Good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Monday morning. Hope each and every one of you had a fantastic weekend. We welcome you to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. Been a while. It's great to be back, and it's great to have you with us. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10A to 12P. That's Eastern Time. You can join us on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports page. If you'd prefer to join us in podcast form, by all means, search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. All right, let's get this out of the way. I've been out for a while and going to be out for a while longer. About five, six years ago, right vocal cord, had a little calcium thing on it, caused me to be hoarse, kind of like I am now. Thank God was able to go in there and surgery, get it fixed up. Well, the same issue is cropped up again on the other vocal cord. We tried a few things, but ultimately it's back into surgery tomorrow morning. So good Lord willing again, a repeat performance and back in the saddle in a number of weeks. Thanks to Trace. Good morning, everybody. Casey, Reed, Elliot. It's great to see you boys. I've missed you. It's great to be here, Tom. Tom. I missed you. It's great to have you back. Trace holding down the fort, all you guys holding it down. So thanks everybody. I know for Trace, it's been a lot of late nights and early mornings. And thank all of you for uh, sticking with us. All right, let's get right to it. Oh, boy. It's been the topic of conversation around here this morning, the red legs. Now, look, all four games over the weekend, they could have gone either way, right? I mean, they were good games. It was exciting baseball. But as we know, three of the four did not, including yesterday's killer loss to Arizona. You led 2-1 in the seventh let it get away. It feels like they score runs when they give up runs, and they're in that pattern where they don't score when they pitch well, right? Graham Ashcraft had that 2-1 lead in the seventh. First batter, bang, home run. Then the duo of Elliott's guy, guys, Ian Jabot and Lucas Sims, they couldn't find the strike zone with a compass. There was a stretch there where, what, six out of seven batters got walked? Yep. Okay, so they lose yesterday. The Reds sit six back of surging Milwaukee in the central. The Brewers are rolling. Uh, they are only two behind Chicago for second place. In the wild card, uh, a game and a half back, tied with San Francisco. And guess who they play tonight? You got it, the Giants. This upcoming week starting tonight, may indeed tell us if the Reds are going to reach the playoffs or not. You got three with the Giants, followed by four with the Cubbies, Andrew Abbott against Kyle Harrison. That's 945 Eastern tonight. And of course, Trace will be rolling right after with Nick Kirby. All right, over to football. The Bengals preseason officially over after Saturday's loss to the Commanders. Jake Browning, very sharp. Appears to have nailed down that backup quarterback spot. But would the Bengals think about looking around? Who else is available? What's Joe Burrow's status for the season opener? We're less than two weeks away. Has Zach Taylor made a mistake by not playing his starters again this year? We questioned it last year. We said it before the disasters of Pittsburgh and Dallas. And I'm going on record as saying right now, and I'm not talking about Burrow. He's hurt, hurt, injured. Andy Reid thinks it's good enough to play starters. Mm. 
Patrick Mahomes can play. Aaron Rodgers can play. What was a comment made by uh, Mike Tomlin? If you're going to box, you got to spar. Okay. Last time I checked, Reed and Tomlin. What's something they have in common? Just one thing off the top of your head. Both have won a Super Bowl, Tom. Thank you. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but your guy, Casey McAllister, I mean to tell you, it's, it's like a country club around here. <laughs> I mean, Tom. I, I, I mean, come on. You can't argue with that. If Andy Reid and Mike Tomlin say, you got to get ready to get ready to get ready. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I would wonder if he would play Burrow if he was healthy and then the rest of the starters would play. Because at least the defense got out there and they played a series. Yes, they did. But I'm kind of in the camp now, Tom, where they, they were going to be in a bad position no matter what because of Burrow's injury. If, you know – they trot out their starters without Burrow being out there. You're not really getting a, a great look of what the offense is going to really, truly be like. And if someone got hurt on offense, why did you even do it if Burrow's not even out there? Legitimate like, point. I, I get all that, but they, it, it just stinks because it's the exact same scenario playing out as of right now that happened last year. And they're going to be playing a really great defensive line to start the season in Cleveland. I thought you said Cleveland stinks. Well, their defensive <laughs> line is good, but the rest of them, they, they all stink over there. But, Tom, I mean, I hope, I hope, I hope they come out playing a little bit better than they did last year. I really do, because I, I don't know if I can handle another four or five interception game, five, six, seven sacks. I won't be able to handle it. I, I'll be a, a really bad camper first part of the season. We're going to get into all of this, okay? We're going to get into all of it today with Jay Morrison and, and the whole crew here. In fact, we're going to get to it in a matter of minutes. We'll talk the Reds, the Bengals, two biggest stories around, right? Uh, college football, Notre Dame looked very good in a route of Navy over in uh, Dublin, Ireland. And the Irish have a real quarterback for the first time in a long time. The transfer from Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, this guy's good. They get the Buckeyes coming up in four weeks. We know USC has a great quarterback. Caleb Williams won the Heisman last year. He had four touchdown passes Saturday night. But here we go again with SC. The Ballyhooed improvement on defense, nowhere to be found. Sam, something called San Jose State. <laughs> scored nearly 30 points on SC. Rushed for seven yards per carry. Over seven yards per carry. It's only one game, so not going to get carried away. Only one game. FC Cincinnati, Casey reminds me, they rolled over the weekend. 3-0 win over uh, New York City <laughs> FC. They still have the best record in the league. They do. And that was, you know, I was gone, but that game against Miami was unbelievable. It was a really good game. It was unbelievable. Yeah, we didn't cover it much uh, the, day that, or the day after it happened. What, but... Trace blew it off? Well, I mean, we... Well, even we, soccer guys, and by soccer, I mean football, um, <laughs> they even say it wasn't an important game. So, I mean, if they're going to say it's not important, I'm definitely not going to be on the bandwagon of it being important. Are we officially now D-U-N done with all of this, the, these excess tournament things going on? It's all over now, right? I 
Yes. The, well, so we're all just the ones focus that were on the MLS season for the rest of this year, right? I think so. Okay. All the ones that had started up are now over. All the ones that, well, besides the the Lamar Open Cup, I think the championship game or that yeah, that but final, they were done. Yeah, they were knocked out of that yeah. against Miami. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, in golf, Norway native Victor Hovland won the FedEx Cup. If, if any of you didn't read the, these comments this guy made to his coach at Oklahoma State, Hovland, from Norway, right, where it's like a permanent ice thing this deep almost all year long, his comment to his golf coach at Oklahoma State was, I can't wait to start hitting golf balls off of grass. In gymnastics, Simone Bryles won a record eighth U.S. championship yesterday. Good stuff for her. And did you see the ending of the Little League World Series? This was the stuff the dreams are made of. A young man named Louis Lappy stepped to the plate in, in the equivalent of the bottom of the ninth. It was the bottom of the sixth. Tie game with Curacao. And this is what happened. Curacao has not allowed a home run at the World Series. Challenged him, and this game is over! Lewis Lappy does it again! Now, how cool is that? Reed, you're a big baseball guy. Is it getting any better than that? No, not at all. In, in, in Hamilton, we love ourselves some Little League baseball. I know Obviously, it. A couple years ago, they went to uh, – they were runners-up in the Little League World Series. It's – I mean, doesn't get any better. No. I mean, that 12-year-old that will, will never forget that swing right there. No, None of those 12-year-olds on that field will remember that day. They're from, uh, what, El Segundo, California. Yes. Just outside L.A. Right. Or actually, I guess it's, it's an L.A. suburb. Of course, you know – uh, Seattle's almost an L.A. suburb. It's so big. But good for them. I mean, that was unbelievable. All right, boys. Let's get right to it. I want to cover a couple of topics before we get to the Bengals and Reds. Today, round two. Yep. Yep, Tom. I mean, I, the I, other I'm day, uh, Elliot, you know, he's posting. Guy's got a good-looking swing. Uh, rolled an ankle trying to walk down the fairway, it looked like. Well, he wasn't in a lot of fairways, but it was near the bunker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what you want to So, wait, what was the final spread on that? <laughs> yeah, oh, Trace, Trace shot a 36, Elliot shot a 54, so it was an 18, 18 point or 18 stroke difference in nine holes. Yeah, it wasn't good. I mean, it wasn't good. I, I, I don't know what you guys want me to say here. I, I can't act like that was good. You want me to say I messed up? I messed up. I messed up. I under I underestimated Trace. He he really shot like a, a minus two. I mean he shot even par, but he really shot a minus two. That's how good he was that day. Uh, today's round two. Today's gonna be better. I'm not an excuse guy, as you saw in the video, Tom. I'm not gonna make. Well, I excuses. heard you say that six times. Yeah, you know? I did. Well, yeah, but it's true. It, I say it a lot because it's true. I don't make excuses out there on the golf course, even <laughs> though I I definitely sprained my ankle I and mean, it was a serious injury. I'm not gonna sit up here and make excuses though about it. It's just, it's just what happened, right? I went back so, and watched that. I don't mean to interrupt you real quick, no, no, but I ahead. went back and watched that ankle thing yeah. a number of times. Did you step <laughs> in there? No, I did because, yeah. I mean, I felt for you. That can happen. Did you step in like a little hole in there or something? I was near, I was near the bunker, and what happened was I stepped on the edge of the grass into the, like, the right. bunker. There was a little hole there. So I stepped in. I really hurt my ankle bad, Tom. It, was, it could have been a serious injury. 
but I, I fought through the pain. I finished the hole, I believe, with a bogey. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you can't really put weight on the back foot there. I, so I, I did good, I thought. I Listen, today's going to be different. We're going to my course. It's Woodland Golf Course. If you know, if you're from the West, I know where that is. And my son's played there many, very hilly, very hilly. It's very hilly. It's very small. Are you walking or riding? You got to walk that. You got to ride that course. I'm done with walking. We're done. We're done with that. (laughs) I I, I told, I told Trace, we're going to walk that course. Now, granted, Woodland is an easy walk. Genuinely, like I could. That is not an easy walk. I feel, no, well, I, yeah, I mean, maybe I, I think I've walked it many a times with my buddies. So I think I could walk it, but to your point, I we I, we golfed a twin run with with Trace, and that was the worst experience of my entire life. That course felt I mean that was ten million acres. It felt like we were playing on that course. So I we're well, not gonna you walk. were doing a lot of east to west instead of north and south yeah. on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I, yes. But we're gonna we're gonna fight through it today. I'm gonna try to get a win. We're gonna see what happens. I, I think I can shock the world. I think I can shock the world. And it only takes one win. If I lose the series two to one, that's fine. But I'm going to win one. I'm going to win today. You'll see. Is it just the two of you or anybody else playing? Just the two of us. Okay. Everybody will be there, but just the two of us. Okay. I'm, I'm mentally preparing for all the cameras this time. I'm, I'm, I've, I have a completely different approach. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to relax out there. We're going to have some fun. I'm going to have some fun, Tom. Golf is fun. We're going to have fun. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to have some fun. Well, I mean, the only thing I'll say is that I did get on I did get on Google last night just to see where this course was, what the dimensions were, and things of that nature. And I, uh, I'll be honest, Elliot, smart guy, uh, realized that he probably needed to shrink the course down. We're playing basically at a Mickey Mouse course. I added the long, yeah, <laughs> as close to Putt Putt Mountain as you can get. That's where we're going. Um, you know, I mean, I got a situation today where I don't even know if I'm going to have to hit driver on any hole. I think one hole I might have to hit driver. Uh, outside of that, I'm going to have to hit three wood off the tee, which if my three wood's on, Elliot's going to be in trouble. If it's not on, Elliot's got a chance. We'll see how it goes. But How could you say Elliot has a chance when you beat him by 19 strokes? Because I think Elliot, I watched him, he three-putted every hole. He's got a nice swing. If, if, I'll be honest. It was one of those situations where if you didn't know Elliot and you didn't really uh, you know, watch golf a ton, you'd think that Elliot was sandbagging on purpose. I mean, he was literally missing two-foot putts. I guess that's just the killer instinct in me. I'm, I'm not going to let him. I'm not going to let him uh, think that he's. I'm automatically going to beat him. I'm going to go in there assuming that I'm going to have to shoot par to beat him, okay. and then uh, we'll see where it stands. I mean, hey. if he shoots 17 over again, that's probably not going to work. But we'll see how it goes. Does this go? Yeah, it, yeah, I would think not. Um, does this go into a winner's bracket or a loser's bracket? Well, I think win? it turns into can Elliot beat uh, for, from Elliot. I think it's, here's what's going to happen. It's going to turn into. Can Elliott win the Masters in 10 years? That got debunked after the two after two holes. Um, that was a no. And then I think it's going to turn into can Elliott beat anyone in the office? And it, it'll it, it'll it'll go all the way to Casey if it has to. And it, Casey's played like two rounds of golf, which it, it, Casey he'll tell you probably won't be the prettiest thing. But huh? we'll see. We'll go to Sean next. Uh, Sean oh, I and, thought Reed was next. Well, Sean, I don't know. We'll, we'll do it'll go Sean, then it'll go Reed, and then we'll get to Casey. And if he can't beat Casey, Elliott's fired. <laughs> Listen, Tom. That's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be, Tom. And Tom, once you get fully healed, yeah. I'm going to go. You, I'm going to play you next. Let's go get it. We'll go up to Kenwood Country Club and we'll and we'll go. We'll rock it out. Over That's there. right. They don't need any potato diggers at Kenwood Country Club. Hey, I want to make sure you know. The, but seriously, there's a standing offer for you guys, and I only. I, um, um, I'd like a, uh, once or twice for you guys to come with me over to that LPGA tournament. Yeah. 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 Two yeah. weeks. Yes. Yeah. 
Let's walk around, check it out. Sure, we'll do it. Right. I love, I love, I love golf events. I don't. I was at the. So speaking of golf, I was at the Ryder Cup. I told the story. I was telling the story last Friday before I was interrupted, um, because we were debuting the video and everybody had to interrupt me and cut off my story. But I was at the Ryder Cup when it was in Chicago for the big <laughs> Europe comeback, um, and it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. It was genuinely one of the coolest experiences. You you go out there, you pick a spot on the course, and it's really. I mean, it's really you pick any spot you want. It's not like it's standard seating unless you want to go to the gallery for uh, for a green or, or, or a tee box. Uh, but we picked, I think, like the 12th hole and just sat right where the drives are projected to land. And it was awesome. I, I think Ian Poulter said hi to my grandpa. Uh, it was it was cool. It was a cool time. Very I cool. Love, I love golf events. Never have been. Never have been, Tom. Listen, last, uh, last week before, whenever they, they played their first round, Elliot, after saying that he could win the Masters in nine years if he just gets enough money and gets enough time to, to, uh, to focus on golf, he looks at me and he goes, I say, hey, what, what are you trying to shoot today? What do you think? He's like, ah, I think a 48 wins today. And I looked at I didn't say anything right then and there. And I was like, 48 <laughs> wins? But 48 ain't going to win today, Elliot. No. So I immediately was like, God, how good of a how bad of a golfer is Elliot? And 48 I, wins? And he was I down think, nine strokes in the first three holes. I think Sean misled me. Sean misled me to how good Trace was. Sean was like, yeah, he can go up there shooting in the 90s sometimes. He shoots in the 80s. He shot even par, Tom. And, I, and I'd argue <laughs> if there weren't cameras there, he would have shot below par. He would have shot three under. So, yeah, I, I think I was, I was sandbagged a little bit. I think they were playing a little game here at Chatterbox. I've only been here. I've only been here a couple months, and they're playing little games with me, and that's okay. I, I'll be their little jester. I'll make them laugh. I'll come up here and be a clown for them. And I and I you put a camera on me. Let's let let's let everybody laugh at Elliot. But I, listen, I, I think I think today I'm gonna I'm gonna prove the haters wrong. Everett, Mouse Cop, pretty much everybody in the chat actually they all hate me now. So we're gonna go out there. We're gonna play our best. We're gonna try to win a match. That's all there is. What? Okay. What? Tom, if you had. To bet right now so what do you think the live spread would be if you had shots you mean shots how many shots i'm saying it's easily um easily 12 to 14 12 shots all right so let's go 12 shots if i if i cover that number (laughs) tom will you will you will you text me and say good job i'll pay for your round (laughs) okay all right tom's paying for my round if i beat him by 12 i think i beat him by 12 or just covered covered just covered I just cover the spread by 12. I'm not, I'm not beating anybody by 12. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think – I listen, we're going to have some fun. I'm going to cover that number. I'm going to try to beat him. I think the realistic number is four and a half. I play this course very well. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I don't know why all of a sudden – by the way, one, one question, Elliot, I have for you is – and it was brought up in the chat, but it made me think of another person we're going to get to here in a second. Did Ian Jabot root for the Europeans or the Americans? In that Ryder Cup. Oh, he absolutely rooted for the Europeans, Tom. I mean, this is the pride of Great Britain. He knows the king and queen very well. Well, the queen's dead now. God rest her soul. Uh, But, you know, everybody else, he knows the royals very well. He's the pizza delivery man for them. He's he's, he's well-renowned in European culture. He tries his best. He unfortunately yesterday he looks like a, a real European and he couldn't really finish the game. But that that's how we, that's how it was. Uh, Ian Jabot is is for Europe. He lives for Europe. He is a European. He's British. All That's right, let's let's get to this red stuff, okay? Because look, uh, the bottom line is when all is said and done, okay? When all is said and done, they are over five hundred on this trip which most of us thought could be a disaster, but they sweep the angels, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay? And then they lose three out of four, so they're four and four on the trip. 
or pardon me, four and three in the trip. Um, and they're a game and a half out of the wild card. But it seems to me, in my recent absence, and you guys tell me where you are on this, and Reed, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that a lot of people around the town have kind of phoned it in on the Reds a little bit. Uh, Am I wrong on that? I I actually get angry as a a non-Reds fan because, you know, the Reds were were in wild card contention, in division contention, and all these Reds fans, because they played bad for three weeks, two, three weeks, the season's over, it's done, we're we're cooked, all those things. That's such a bad way to look at fandom. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know know it's a roller coaster fandom is, but, yeah, it, it seems like they have phoned it in. To be fair to the fans, though, I think Trace put out a tweet um, maybe yesterday about this, but I started thinking about it too. When was the last time that the Reds have gone into a series that they build it as some big series, right? This is a big chance for the Reds, and the Reds have competed well. Now, they've played some some tough teams. I mean, they, they've beaten the Dodgers a couple times. They, they swept the Diamondbacks at home just last month. But going into that series, it wasn't billed like – this, this Diamondback series was, like the Cubs series was, like any of the Brewers series that the Reds have had recently. Every time that the Reds seemingly go into a series and it's, oh, this is such a big, important series, yeah. the Reds don't play well. And they've got, they're going to have two opportunities this week yeah. to, to buck that trend. So we'll see what happens. But you're right. It's, it's, it's a little exhausting to see Reds fans just be like, ah, the season's over. It's done. Because it's not. They're still in play. It's not even close. Right. I mean, think of where you thought they would be when we started. Okay, now I changed my expectations watching all these guys come up, and I'm the one who said it would be a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs. In fact, I said it was a disappointment if they don't win an opening round series in the playoffs. I mean, look, and, and I was just guilty of saying, okay, to me, it's stupid to say, well, this isn't where you thought you'd be. The bottom line is that's where you are now. So what are you going to do now? Tracy, what are you and your boy, your homeboy, Nick Kirby, saying about all this? Well, Nick's obviously always a ball of optimism. So sometimes you got to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. But he's always got very good reasons to back it up. Um, I'm to the point now where um, I, just, I, don't, I just don't know what the Reds really are. I don't think anybody can truly with a straight face say they know what they are. You're There's right. too many guys on this team that are, that are going to be inconsistent and or you don't know what the back of their baseball card looks like. Uh, like I said you know, earlier, I, I, Will Benson's a guy, quite frankly, you could tell me right now he's going to play 12 years in Major League Baseball. He might go to the All-Star game twice. And I would say, okay, I could maybe see that. And you could say in three years he's, he's legitimately – fighting for his life, playing playing at the uh, bounce between options and maybe playing some indie ball, and, and that wouldn't shock me either. Um, so, again, when you're relying on those kind of guys, I mean, we have, like I said the other day, it's not really all that settling as a Reds fan when you have uh, guys like Nick Martini. and hey, He had a know, big weekend. He has. I'm, I get that, but I'm just saying in general terms, if you told Reds fans, and I said this the other day, if you told Reds fans that before the year started that Hunter Green was going to be a disappointment, Nick Lodolo is going to be a disappointment. Tyler Stevenson would be a disappointment. Jonathan Indy would be a disappointment. You'd look around and you'd probably be like, well, they're going to lose 110 games, which obviously you're being a little facetious in saying that. But it is a miracle, kind of. And I guess the 12-game winning streak is part of that miracle as to why they're even in a position that they're in right now. But the narrative can change shift. You know, Nick said this a thousand times. It's pretty, it's pretty weird to be 4-3 and three on the West Coast trip and everybody just acts like this is a colossal failure. 
And it does feel like that just because every single time the Reds play, to Reed's point that I said earlier, every single time the Reds play somebody that's billed as a huge series or a swing series in a standings, you have to go honestly so far back that we weren't even considering the playoffs at that time. I think you go, you have to go all the way back to the Cubs. Uh, Bryce Balding mentioned you have to go back to the Diamondbacks, which was still in July. But they played Milwaukee in two different series. They've played the Cubs. They've played the Diamondbacks now. They've played... Um, well, those have been the primary. Well, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto was another series. Yep, and they got a good team. Um, and they've all, they're all good teams. But I guess that's kind of my point, is that if you're going to build this team as a playoff team and you're going to build them to be as a part of this crop of, of, of teams that should be a part of the postseason, you should win some of these series against good teams. You can't just beat up on bad teams the whole way through the entire year. Now, everybody including Casey, wants to hang their hat on this September schedule. Yep, that's right. Um, and I hope Casey's right because Casey's got them still winning, like like Elliot said, 90 games. Uh, but they're going to have to beat the Giants. And I think that the biggest series of them all, and I'm not just saying this because Reed's in here, it's going to come down to this four-game set against the Cubs. And if they can take three or four and or sweep the Cubs, they're right back in it. If they lose three or four and or get swept, or even if they split with the Cubs, I don't know if that's good enough. We'll see. Well, you know, look, the way it's set up right now, right, um, the Cubs are the team they are chasing. That's the team. Mm-hmm. Correct. And you can say, duh, they're in front of them in the standings. But, I mean, wild card-wise, that's the team that they need to catch. Now, are the Diamond? I mean, the, the, the Diamondbacks are behind the Phillies. But, I mean, are the Giants capable of making that run? The Reds? The Marlins? They've kind of tripped up a little bit here. Now, they're a very young team like the Reds. Um, all right, a couple things for me. I, I find it very hard to believe, Elliot, that, that, that something's still not wrong with Hunter Green. I'm not suggesting for a second. Please understand me here, okay? The kid wants to pitch. I give him all the credit in the world. He was out for a long time, much longer than we thought. He has told them he's ready to go. Okay, there's no way the Reds and the medical staff would put a player out there who is not healthy. They would not do it. Green would not do it. But with the stuff that he has, it is almost impossible for me to believe that he could be hit as hard as he has been hit in his first two games back. Yeah, I, I, I think what happened was the Reds were in a tough spot at the deadline. And Nick Kroll knew that they weren't probably going to make a move. They were going to keep their ears open, but they weren't ever going to really make a move. But that was okay because we had Hunter Green in our back pocket. We had Nick Lodolo, Asterix, in our back pocket. We had all these guys. We had Vladimir Gutierrez coming back. Tony Santion at that point still has had a chance to come back. And I think they were resting, resting really the season on these guys coming back. So when, when Hunter Green says – and Hunter Green's a kid, right? And, and he comes up there and he says, yeah, I'm ready to play, coach. I'm ready to play. You have to take that for what it is. You have to say, all right, you're an adult. We're going to put you in. You're a professional athlete. I trust your decision. We're going to have you play. But I do think they were trying their best to rush him back because, uh, again, you needed the depth from the starting pitchers to a point where we didn't have any at all. So Hunter Green was probably rushed back. I do think he's probably still hurt. And if I had to guess, if this, if this little slide keeps going for the Reds right now, he's going to go right back on the I.L. I, I would find it hard to believe at this point Hunter Green stays with the Reds for the remainder of the season. I bet he gets shut down at some point. 
I got to. I think he's hurt. I got to tell you, uh, I, I'm amazed how many people here uh, in the chat today are telling me how you know ownership wasn't all in. I mean, I got to tell you, yeah. because I felt like every time I said they needed to go make a deal, all I saw in this chat, people telling me to trust the process, stay with the course, don't trade any of your young guys. Yeah. I mean, who's the pitcher? Why am I drawing a blank? That went for a, that, that went for a one-player A-ball player. Who am I, who's the pitcher I'm thinking of? Went for an A-ball player at the trade deadline. Well, the name that everyone brings up is Lorenzen. I don't, I oh, don't know. Oh, that's who it is. Lorenzen, I, but, 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 but that's Lorenzen, like – that's an A-ball. One guy. Hey, one that, guy. hey, listen. If you can play Monday morning quarterback, that's all good and well. Uh, I wouldn't but, play Monday morning but, quarterback. But I Gialito, they could have made a deal. Giolito and Dylan Cease have proved the otherwise. Uh, they, they've, they've, they've shown you what the alternative can be. Listen, the, the other part of this that I would say, and I get, I get why everybody wants to win now, because they haven't, we haven't won in forever. Of course we want to win now. But the only pushback I'd have on that, Tom, is that this team's not winning not because of starting pitching. And at the deadline, there's no way in the world you could have convinced anybody in the chat, you or anyone, that the Reds' offense is what you needed to get. You couldn't have convinced anyone to say, hey, we need, to go, get, we need to go get some big bats at the deadline. Mm -hmm. Now, there's guys like, uh, I don't know, Steve's of the world that might think, you know, maybe we should have thought of that before it ever became a thing. That was before India became a problem. That was before Fraley became a problem. If we would have, and I'm painting a hypothetical, let's say we went out and we did trade some top prospects for said starter, even Lorenzen, he doesn't fix the problem. The problem is the offense. That's the main problem. I, and the sad part is, and the thing that sucks as fans, and you might not like to hear this answer, but I don't think it's fixable. You can't fix that. It's, it's, it wasn't a problem at the deadline, one. And then two, now, based off what we have, the only fix is if Jake Fraley comes back and plays what he usually does, and that's no guarantee. We've seen what happened to Hunter Green and Jonathan India. If those two guys don't come back and play at the level that we would hope them to play at, then, um, then I guess it just – I don't want to say it is what it is, but Tom, and to a certain extent, they were never looking for bats at the deadline. No one ever brought that up, and that's actually what they need. CES has been a little bit of a disappointment. I'm not trying to crush the kid. He's young. But let's face it, the first base position for this Cincinnati Reds team has been a severe disappointment all season long. Started with Jason Vossler, then went to Joey Votto, and then now it's at CES. I'm not trying to crush all three of them. I'm not trying to say they're bad players, this, that, and the other. But that's the truth. Your first baseman needs to have more production. We've got no production at the first base position almost all year long. Okay. I think Trey Mancini just got called up today. I love it. Mancini is going to bury the Cubs. The other night. Yep. Right? Yeah, I mean, if Trey Mancini, Mancini has a weekend the against Cubs. the Cubs, I mean, that'll kill me. That, it, that'll just bury me. To Trace's point, you look at the second half stats, and the Reds have been a top 10 ERA. They have a top 10 ERA in baseball since, since the second yes. half started. The bullpen has been a top 10 bullpen all season long. The bats at this point were at one point, at this point, the bats are bad. At one point, they were the greatest bats in the league. So it's, it's just inconsistency all around. The defense has been atrocious uh, for a majority of, of this season, especially in the second half. I think there's just too much, there's too much to be fixed for, for just a starting pitcher. Michael Lorenzen doesn't fix the second half of the season. One pitcher every five days. He doesn't fix anything. Uh, he gives you a good quality start every five days. Um, but Luke Weaver was atrocious. He won a majority of his starts. 
So I, I don't know. I don't know where you go from there, right? I think at some point this is a young team. They were projected 64 wins. They've crushed that number. They're gonna they're gonna exceed expectations. This is a very good season objectively. What we've seen here. But it, you can't fix everything. You can't you can't go at the trade deadline when teams know you're desperate and, and fix the whole roster. It can't happen. The, the most projectable thing that we could have seen when the Reds were playing well was that these rookies, because all rookies throughout the history yep. of Major League Baseball, yep. all rookies go through slumps. Yep. It's just the matter of the game. So when you have six, when you're relying on six rookies in the heart of your lineup, yeah, that lineup's going to go through a rough period, and that's just what they're – all the players are good players. You don't you don't become highly touted prospects without being a good player, and they're going to be fine. Some, some might fizzle out. Some might be better than expected. It's all going to find the mean, but they, we, we could have projected this a month ago, that the rookies were going to go through a slump. Yeah, yeah. Um, since I'm not going to be here for a while after today, uh, you know, Trace, you, you hit on something that, that, that I was thinking about driving in uh, this morning. Uh, Votto. Now, he's hit some big home runs, right? No doubt about that. Shown power. But the bottom line is his, his batting average is barely at 200. Um, I, I, I don't know why people think that, you know, my dad or me or whatever it is don't like Votto. That's just simply not the case at all. I mean, it's, it, we, we've talked about this before. I'm not even going down that road again. What I'm asking here is there's no way you're paying him. And, and, and I get so frustrated with some of these writers and media types. The Reds owe Votto that $20 million by picking up his option. That is absolute nonsense for anybody to say that. $20 million to a guy that's not going to play every day for you. I mean, come on. R ridiculous. Okay, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have a place on his team. When all is said and done, and look, hopefully I'd be back in time for the Reds to, to, to be in the playoffs. What do you think Votto will or should be back if you could get him at a lesser price next year. Yay or nay, Trace? I think no, Tom. And I, I again, I do think Joey Votto has always been a team guy. He's yep. always put this. He's all. He's always put this profession at the top priority list in his life, which is something I respect. I think that you can get paid a lot of money, and your in your, you know, your character can change, your priorities can change. Joey Votto was going to be a a multi multi millionaire no matter how he performed on the baseball field, and I think that he did what he thought was the best thing that he could possibly do every single year for the Cincinnati Reds franchise. And I give him all the credit in the world for that. Yep. Um, I really do. The only thing I have left to say about Votto now is, is that he's finding out and the Reds are finding out any good franchise always has to do this. You have to make business decisions to, in order to run a good franchise or a good organization. And that's where we're at with, with Joey Votto. I don't think his production in, in any facet, quite frankly, even if he took a pay cut, is going to justify the means to be able to bring him back and, and hold a roster spot and take up a 40-man roster spot, quite frankly. And I know that sounds crazy, and maybe I'm over it. Maybe, maybe you're saying I'm giving up on him too early. I've watched him play for a month and a half. It's not just the fact that he's hitting a buck 90. It's not just the fact that he's striking out at the clips that he's striking out. It's the also, you couple that with the way that he looks. The eye test usually can tell still a little hurt. bit of a bigger still story. Still hurt. And if he's still hurt, I, I just have to question... Can a can a forty year old guy recover ever back to the ability or recover enough to back to get him back to a position where he's serviceable and then 
that's not even counting in the psychological stuff of having Joey Votto sit the bench long lengths of time. And again, maybe the fandom shouldn't matter. But Joey Votto's never had to sit his sit, sit on the bench for extended periods of time. And I'm not I'm not trying to downgrade Joey's character. He might be unbelievable in a role like that. But I you don't know until you know either. Joey Votto has never had to be a bench guy. I would wonder what his attitude and how he would feel about just basically getting like a Kevin Newman type of a bats. It's just that's not what Joey Votto's ever been. It could you convince me that Joey Votto could come back and be some kind of like advisor and be in the dugout every day and, and maybe still be working out? And if you have a situation like this year where a bunch of guys get hurt, he still thinks he has it in the tank? Maybe. But I, I, I think that's going so off the deep end. I, I One, let's get this out of the way really quickly. I know I've been rambling here. Joey Votto, under any circumstance can't have his option picked up. That's the most ludicrous thing in the world. Yep. It is absolutely bonkers. In fact, I would argue, Tom, if you write that on a piece of paper and submit it to any publication for other people to read, you should just stop doing it. You should you should actually well, re- it you should retire. All the time. You should retire, Tom. I've you should stop the to profession. Get sick. I've read that so much lately. I just can't believe it. This guy has played his tail off for you. He says all the things you want a guy to say who plays for your franchise. He's been unbelievable. That interview a couple weeks ago and wanting with Ken Rosenthal and wanting to do it with the Reds and in a Reds uniform, and that's what he dreams about. I mean, love that stuff. Love it. But $20 million, come on, come on. The Reds don't owe him that, and, uh, and, and they have a decision to make at the end of the year. All right, shifting gears to football. Is our main man Jay Morris in here with us? Fellow yes, Ohio University alum who, like me, had to be totally bummed on Saturday. Curtis Rourke, one of the top five quarterbacks in the country. There's no doubt about it. Um, and he comes back from that ACL at the end of last year, reigning MAC Player of the Year. He goes eight for his first 10, 78 yards, carving them up, Jay, and then out. And they lose. I had no idea what happened. I Unfortunately, I had to watch fake football, had to watch yeah. the Bengals play the Commanders while that game was going on, and uh, yeah, turned it on afterward and saw that he wasn't playing and got caught up to speed. It is. It's disappointing. I mean, you saw what happened last year, the way the, the season ended for him. So hopefully he'll be okay and get back in there. They got a good team if he's back. They, yeah. they're, they're right there in a run for the MAC title if he is able to come back, and they say they think he is. All right, let's get to uh, more important matters, that being the Bengals. End of the day, uh, Jay, your state of the team at the end now of the preseason and training camp. Um, I, I think it's everything's great. They they have a very deep team. They have a talented team. They, for the most part, escaped injury in, in the pre or in the preseason training camp, whatever you want to call that last period that we came out of. So they're they're in good shape. Uh, the the burrow injury obviously is the the one piece, uh, but all all expectations, I guess you could say, are that that he's going to be ready. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at at practice this week. I'm nobody's told me that. I'm not reporting that. I just you, you feel the progression, and um, they they will they will have practices on Wednesday and Thursday this week. When they get Labor Day weekend off. They'll they'll come back on on Monday and and start their actual game prep practices for Cleveland. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see him at least out there doing a little bit this week. All right, as you look to uh, the 53-man roster, which needs to be taken care of tomorrow afternoon, I believe, right? You cut all yeah, the way yeah. down to get it ready. 
10 days out before the season opener. Um, any names that are going to be let go that would surprise many of us? I don't think so. I, I, I the, If somebody's not on the team that might be a surprise name, it could be via trade because they are they are so deep on that defensive line. And, um, you know, maybe they could go find a, a trade partner to get another tight end, get another running back, a couple of those positions that are a little thin right now. Um, but I, I don't think we're going to see any real surprising cuts. This the, the starting group is pretty much determined, and even a lot of the backups are, are locked in. There's a couple spots, you know, is it, the, the final tight end going to be Mitch Wilcox or is it going to be Tanner Hudson? Uh, same with running back. Are they going to cut Travion Williams, who's injured right now? Um, the, 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 those kind of decisions, uh, I don't think it, it might disappoint some fans that, that like those players, but I don't think we're going to see anything surprising happen by 4 o'clock tomorrow. You know, Jay, I, I know you're playing oftentimes a lot of backups from the other team, and, and we'll get to Zach Taylor and his decision to, to not play a lot of the starters in the preseason in a minute. But I got to tell you, you know, um, and, and you've watched this for a long, long time. Uh, when I watch the Johnson kid on the defensive line, okay, and the guy, you're just going out and making plays, right? That's mm -hmm. all you're doing is going out and making plays, which – we're few and far between on that defensive line outside of here and there last year in terms of getting to the quarterback, knocking down passes, strip sacks, et cetera, et cetera. There wasn't a lot of that going on last year. I look at him and I look at Yoshi at wide receiver. And I say to myself, hey, okay, I know you got Boyd. I know you got Higgins. I know you got uh, Chase. But these two guys just look like players. Mm -hmm. I mean – I, I I think Yoshi's a lock to make this team. I'm not sure he's going to be dressing on – he's going to be one of the 46 that dresses because I expect Charlie Jones to, to make this team too, the the, the rookie yep. um, fourth-round pick. And he's probably going to be their punt returner, so he's going to be active. I I don't know how many play, wide receivers they're going to dress. The big question is Stanley Morgan. Does he make this team uh, – do they cut him and put him on the practice squad and then does he even make it to the practice squad? He could get claimed. Um, but then if, if he's around either as a member of the 53 or if he's a practice squad guy that gets elevated on game day, he's probably going to be a, a guy that they dress because he's so valuable on special teams. So, yeah, Yoshi, I, I think he's making this team. I'm just not sure how soon we're going to see him actually in games unless there's an injury. Um, Raymond Johnson, has he's been fantastic. And it's it's one of any other team. Not I shouldn't say any other team, but a lot of other teams. He's making the 53, but they are so deep and they have so many edge rushers now. The big, I, I mentioned earlier, they got out of this mainly injury-free. You did have the Joseph Osai ankle injury. We still don't know the extent of that. Um, if, if that's going to cause him to miss some time, then maybe that that creates a crack for Raymond Johnson. But um, I, that's, I, I think even if even if uh, Joseph Osai is ready to go, they, that Raymond Johnson could still make this team. Um, but on my light, my latest projection, I've, I've got him being cut and, and brought back on the practice squad. But he has, that's... You, you talk about the those kind of positions. It's it's the splash plays that yep. get a lot of the attention, and he, you know, he's he's guarding running backs out in the flat and bringing them down on a on a third and three to get off the field. He's he's breaking up passes on third down. He's getting sacks. He's doing everything he needs to do to prove he belongs here. It's just he's in a really tight crunch at that position group. 
Okay, um, look, last year, and I said it long before what happened the first two weeks of the season, and I'm not patting myself on the back for this. It's just that I look at other guys who I have a lot of respect for, and both of them, Andy Reid and Mike Tomlin, have basically said the same thing here over the last week. And that is, you know, Tomlin's line, if you want to fight, you got to spar. Right, So you got to get your players, your starters, at least some action in the preseason. Andy Reid says, hey, man, my guys are playing. Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, we got to get ready. This is the way we do it. They won two Super Bowls in the last four years. I continue to say this is a mistake by Zach Taylor. Now, some would come out there and say, well, yeah, but what happens if all of a sudden Joe Blow uh, gets injured and he's out for the year in a preseason game? I say touche to that, no doubt about it. Um, but what are your thoughts, Jay? I mean, you know, I don't know how much you think, you know, it was Burrow and the appendectomy last year. I still say that offensive line you hear about needing cohesion and communication. They had a lot of new guys there last year. This year they have new guys or new positions, and they haven't been on the field together. What are your thoughts about the way he's handling this thing again? I think we would have seen the offensive starters play. I mean, Zach kind of hinted it at the uh, pre-camp luncheon that, that that was on the table. Burrow said he would like to play, um, and usually Joe gets what he wants. Um, I just think the injury to, to Burrow kind of changed those plans. We saw it. We, they still went ahead and, and played the defensive starters for a series, a long series, uh, 18 plays, I believe it was, in, in Atlanta um, for a preseason game, too. So I, I think we would have seen something similar had Burrow not got hurt. Um, I don't know. I still wonder, you, you look at, you, you talked about Tomlin, Andy Reid, and, and they're, it's a vastly different philosophy because they're not just throwing guys out there for one series. They're, they're playing a couple series at a time in, a, in multiple games. Whereas if Zach was going to play these guys, it would probably be for a series. So how much value is there really in seven, eight, nine, even 10 plays? I mean, most of the, the, cohesion the chemistry all that is built in camp uh, grinding with those guys um, going good against good you're not playing a scout team in, in, in practice and training camp you're going against the, the first team offense is going against the first team defense they're getting a lot of great work um, in those cases I, I don't know that there, there's that much value um, in, in just getting you know like I said it's a few snaps in the previous and it, it comes down to more and what Zach has always talked about is just you're not going out cold. It's not the, the physical aspect of playing. It's just, it's everything around it. You know, being in front of a, a huge crowd, being under the lights, going through the process of a, an intense pregame workout and then getting dressed and doing all that kind of the, the true definition of a dress rehearsal. I think that is just kind of getting those guys, their, their minds right. But, you know, I, that, that took a lot out of them last year. It wasn't just the fact that they didn't play in the preseason. They It was a hot day, that opener against Pittsburgh, and the offense was on the field for like 95 snaps, and that really sapped them. And I think he's he's expecting that again. It's, it's going to be hot in Cleveland for that season opener, and he just wants these guys as healthy as possible. And you mentioned it with your touche comment. I mean, a lot of people were saying, why was Joseph Osai even out there against Washington? Yeah. And then he, yeah. he gets hurt, and now he might be without him for a week. Uh, again, we don't know that. We don't know the extent yet. But um, he was getting questioned about why he even played Joseph Osai. So um, it's it's just a – I don't – I think the the risk 
outweighs the reward in these situations. Okay, last thing. Is uh, Browning done deal, uh, the backup, do you think? Or Simeon hanging around? Or would they think about going somewhere else after teams are cut down? No, I think Browning has proved enough. And he's, he, he will, I'm, again, this, I'm not reporting this, but I just, from what I've seen with my own eyes, he's going to be the backup. Um, I would expect them to keep Simeon around if he's willing on, on the practice squad. Um, you know, I, I just saw uh, Detroit's backup quarterback suffered an ACL. So maybe, maybe it's Trevor Simeon, someone like that gets plucked if they try to cut him and put him through on the practice squad. Or maybe he, he says, he doesn't want to be on the practice squad, but yeah, I think this is Jake Browning has done everything they asked him to do. He ha he didn't set the world on fire, but he clearly got better as camp went along. And two of his last three drives were touchdown drives. That third one was was going in a good direction until a really bad face mask penalty on offensive lineman Trey Hill put him in a third and eighteen. They couldn't overcome. Uh, Browning completed his last ten passes, made plays with his feet, either scrambling or making throws on the run. He just he got better as camp went on, and that's what that's what Zach was looking to see, someone to to step up and grab that and not win that position by default. If if Saturday at Washington had looked like the first couple of preseason games, I think we might have seen them go out and get Brandon Allen if he got cut by the 49ers, but I, I don't see that happening now. I think that Jake Browning is QB too. All right. Jay, uh, we thank you so much for your expertise and your time, my friend. All the best, Jay. Uh, Jay Morrison of ProFootballNetwork.com. We thank you, sir. Thanks, Tom. All right, buddy. Jay Morrison, kind enough to join us and uh, bring us up to speed on what's happening with the Bengals. Gentlemen, I asked him, so now I ask you all. Elliot, I'll start with you since Reed's taking off his head. I don't know what the hell he's doing over there. I heard, by the way, he dropped an F-bomb while I was gone. Is that Yeah, true? he did. I did. Yes, he I did. did. All right, I'm going to leave that alone. I'll leave it alone. We've all said something we probably shouldn't have said. I'm sorry I'm ruining <laughs> the integrity of your show, Tom. <laughs> so state casey i'm going to start with you okay because you are our bengals to quote jerry naren guy you're a bengal guy i'm a bengals guy all right and your state of the team what i think of the team tom so a is burrow playing the opener yes b could they win without him in cleveland no. Okay, so go ahead. I think I think uh, the Bengals are in a really good spot. The question in the chat is, are they better than they were last year? And I've had a I've had a very strong take on this. I think they are better. I think they are significantly. Um, I think the the addition of Orlando Brown makes a huge difference. Um, the run game is actually going to be solid this year. Um, I think the, the safety tandem, I think there's a lot of questions there, but from what we've seen them do in preseason, from the little action that we got with the starters and the action that we saw with Dax Hill, he's as advertised, yep. able to go sideline to sideline. The secondary, the corners, they look really solid. Those were the biggest question marks going into the offseason. I think they've, they've answered the call. And, uh, you know, the... The other stuff, like the the third down back, the running back, I'm not worried at all. Last year, it was 60 pass blocking snaps. That's it. And I think there's enough there. There's enough talent there that it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I think the tight end position was never really that big of a deal e either. I mean, 
Hayden Hurst wasn't some all-time blocking tight end, and we still have Drew Sample <laughs> at, at, at blocking tight end. Um, he's my guy. Love him so much, Tom. Uh, I think this team is going to be okay. I think this team is going to be good. I predict week one it's going to be sloppy just because of what you said. They didn't play all preseason, the, the starting offense. But the Browns, too, in just years past, they have not played well opening opening day at all. And they've looked really bad. Their offense looks terrible. And they've played their starters. Deshaun Watson does not look good. Um who could have seen that one coming? They stink. Careful, so, Careful now. I'd be very careful. I'm with Trace on that. I'd be very careful. But that's that's my thought. Week one, I think they'll be okay. Joe Burrow's going to play. It's going to be a sloppy game. It's going to be a close game. But I think they pull they pull it through. Okay. Trace, your to, state to of your, the Bengali. To your point, Tom, though, I think the one thing that, that is uh, a little different this year than most years uh, in, in Bengal fandom history, I would assume, is that, you know, you're – your your real goal and a goal that's very obtainable is to try to be the number one seed, right? And it, in order to be the number one seed, it's hard to have a it's it's hard to have a slow start and and win yep. home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um, Especially I still in the division, to, yeah. And I still venture to say it's really tough to it's you know I know that uh, the Bengal fans may or may not agree with this. I don't know, but I think it's hard to get the number one seed when you play in a really good division like the Bengals do, period. I mean, when you have to play everybody that they do twice, yep. it makes it harder when you have other teams that play in lesser divisions, obviously, and they can kind of walk through it. I think that, uh, obviously, as a Packer guy, that's why I thought they've had good records throughout the past because the Vikings have not always been that good. The Bears have stunk for a long time. Yep. And we all know what Detroit's history has been. Yep. So that's really, again, a large reason why I think that uh, the the – the records are where they stand at the end of the year is because what your division holds. Yep. To back your point, Chiefs went undefeated in their division last year. That's yeah. six wins automatically. That division is going to be better this year. Though. I agree. I mean, the That's Raiders are taking a step back, I think, right? Although right. Jimmy G, I, you know, look, I like the guy. I, I just think he finds a way to win games. But, okay, uh, the Chargers, you'd like to think, are going to be better, right? right? Herbert, I mean, we'll see. Uh, hadn't won a playoff game yet. Uh, and, and there's no doubt in my mind Denver's going to be better. It can't be worse, Tom. There's they, no doubt. They, they can't be worse. Yeah, that division, I think, gets – it's similar to when, like, um, Tom Brady was over over playing for the Patriots and everyone's like, well, he plays in a terrible division. No, they're just that much better than everyone else in the division. That's how that's Patrick Good Mahomes point. and the Kansas City Chiefs. That division's fine. They consistently get two teams in the postseason. They're just that much better. As for the Bengals, Tom, I – for the past three years now, ever since um, Joe Burrow's been drafted, the Bengals have not had a normal preseason. His first year was COVID, so he's not with the team the majority of the time. He's learning the playbook at his childhood home. The second year, he's coming back from a knee injury. Last year, he had an appendectomy. This year, he's coming back with the current leg injury that he has. So it's going to take some time. As we all know, we've all been around football. It takes time to kind of get in the groove of things. Are they going to look... Like the best team in the league week one? No, but I think this team can be the best team in the league. And unfortunately, they play two division teams right off the rip. Unfortunately, last year, they didn't play well for the first few weeks. It took them to, to get in the groove. So it's going to take time for this Bengals team. You know, they got a new left tackle. They've got a lot of new players. They got a lot of youth in the secondary. 
but they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine because they're better. They're a better team. They have improved at every single position other than safety. And safety isn't the most important position on the field. So this team's going to be fine. They're going to compete for the number one team. They're going to be competing for a, a Super Bowl this year. If the Bengals can manage to have a winning record against the division, because I do the, the division right now is what I'm worried about. I'm concerned about the I'm concerned about the North. If if you can have a winning record against the Ravens, Steelers, Browns, the Bengals are going to have a very good season. And I think they'll be competing for the one seed. That that that's my honest opinion. The Steelers are going to be sleepy. They're going to be a pest. Uh, the Ravens are good, but I think the uh, Reed said it over and over again. The Bengals own the Ravens. Uh, yeah, the, we do. The Browns, unfortunately, Joe Burrow has been unable to beat the Browns for some reason. I think that that tide changes this season. Bengals are going to have a winning record against the division. Then they're going to take the AFC. One seed. Going to be a good year for the Cincinnati Wow. Bengals. Listen, one every, seed. every other team in the AFC that's competing for the one seed, barring, you know, the Jaguars, who are kind of a, mm. kind of a sleeper pick, mm. they're all in good divisions. Bills are in a great division. AFC East is fantastic. The Bengals are in the AFC North. The, the Chiefs, we just talked about the Chiefs division is going to get better. So all these teams have a tough schedule. Who can make the most of it? It does feel like we also said the West was going to be really good last year, and it turned out yeah. to not be good. Yeah, so you I never mean, know. Maybe, 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 we're giving, maybe we're giving the Browns and the Ravens too much credit as well. I mean, and, and the Steelers are who they are. They're going to be, like you said, pesky. But but I keep going back. Like, maybe maybe, maybe the North is the old, like, the West of last year. Maybe the Browns aren't going to be very good. Maybe the Ravens fall back, and maybe the, the – Steelers are what, a 500 team? So Steelers won nine games last year, and they improved. That's scary. I agree. Yeah. That's scary. And I still think the Ravens, I know you guys may not be high on them. I, mean, I look at their team, and, 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 look, and a couple guys in the secondary have gotten hurt here in the preseason, yeah. so that's a big deal. Um, Humphrey. Uh, but in a lot of categories, important categories, that was a top-five defense last year, right? And by the way, Chi-Town Real Estate, five bucks. Jumping on here. Good morning. Love you all. We love you too, Chi-Town Real Estate. Wish I had some Chi-Town Real Estate. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know. Yeah, you better be careful. I don't know. All Not near the Red Sox Stadium. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, what's, you know what's interesting about that? You guys are probably too young to remember this. But I, I was working there uh, doing the Cubs games when they opened that stadium. And when they were building that stadium, there are two uh, uh, high-rises in straightaway center field that sit a ways out, out there. Um, but while they were building the stadium, there were four or five seats in the upper deck that somebody from those towers shot bullets into the seats while they were building that stadium. They were very, very worried before this whole thing ever started when that stadium built. Go back and look it up. Wow. They ended up, they ended up putting, they always had that scoreboard with the swirling colors and the rainbow-like yeah, 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 yeah. things, whatever yeah. it was. They wound up moving that into a different place than they were originally going to put it. They wanted people to see this, the, the, you know, South Side skyline for whatever that's worth. Obama would like it. Nobody else would. But they would put that out there, and, and that would be out there. And then all of a sudden, they're like, you know what? This is not good. Did they ever figure out whether it was somebody outside the stadium or inside the stadium? Last I, I, I read it yesterday. They were still looking into it. Yeah, I didn't look. I, I just, what, three people got shot? 
Uh, yeah. uh, at least, at least two. two. I heard yeah. two. Okay. Yeah. One lady got hit twice. Okay. So three shots. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 42 year old woman got hit twice and another one was grazed that did not need hospital care. Um, golly day. Uh, and, and there was talk before this even happened. You might, some of you may have seen it last week about a lot of rumors about the White Sox picking up and getting out of town. Yeah. Yeah. Nashville. We'll see. Brewers were talking about getting out of town. If they can't I reach, saw that. If they can't... Um, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, that seems like the, the ultimate negotiation tactic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Could you imagine anywhere. the Brewers no, leave town no. for some air conditioning? No. no. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, Ham and Eggers, take it away for a minute. Uh, I'll be right back. Ham and Eggers, it's unite! time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. We should we should change that uh, that Trump photo to the, to a different Trump photo happened last week. Well, you know, <laughs> most things that you can probably tell on this show around here they don't get changed all that often because there's just a billion things going on. Stuff we need a new intro. We need a lot of things. That brings me to a, another good point. I know we have to do Paul our, obviously our, our our pay our bills around here, and we will do that. But we do have some uh, items that are coming in late this week. We do have the Bearcat Bash. That's not what it's called. That's a complete lie. Redact the whole thing. It's the bash, bash on, short on short vine. vine. Mm. I never said it. You didn't hear me say it. Bash on short vine this Saturday. Uh, Eastern Kentucky are coming to town playing UC. We will be doing the Bearcat, not the Bearcat bash. That's a lie. <laughs> the bash on short vine. Son of a mother. Uh, anyways, point is, is that uh, the the new equipment that we're gonna get in the studio that we're gonna rearrange some things around here. It's coming late this week because of the bash on short vine. Probably not going to be inst instituted or implemented, I think is the word that I'm looking for, uh, this week. But hopefully starting next week, we got some, uh, got some new look. Hopefully we don't have kind of the uh, – what's the, what's the Tim the Toolman guy? What's that guy's name? Tim um, the Toolman Taylor? No, what's Bergen? the guy? What's the guy that stands like, and it looks like this during the during the during the oh, show? Oh, Wilson. 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 Yeah. Wilson. Hopefully, we don't have any more Wilson effects over here. We can kind of clean this up, make it look a little bit better. Um, you know, so we'll see how it all all winds up. But that's some uh, kind of inside insider uh, trading there on uh, the Chatterbox Studios and the plan. Reed, we I do love how little... you guys, though. One thing I noticed, I do love yeah. how you guys, you guys, uh, you guys are like half on, half off with the lights. I do like that. So check that out, Casey. Give him a look. Yeah, I do, I do like that. Elliot always turns the light on. Reed never turns it on. Never. <laughs> never even thought about it. The the on buttons over. You know what? We'll do it. We'll do it live. <laughs> We'll do it live. Here you go, guys. We'll do it live. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. This is brutal. Oh, no. Is it working? I loved I loved I loved that it just what if it just doesn't <laughs> work just anymore? Alright, we did it live. We there did it, it is. Live. It didn't work. We'll have to we'll have to Well that's reading. why it's never on. I turn it on every single day. It just it just doesn't turn on. Yeah, that's mm, why. Right. Hmm. Well I'm half tempted to walk over there and turn it on for him, but we'll just Assume that Reed doesn't know how to turn uh, the it's lights got a, it's got We are going it, to, uh, today, 2 o'clock, right? We are going to uh, Woodland Golf Club, Elliot. Uh, not a golf club. I, not a golf I, club. I just want you to know, I woke up this morning, and I was like, usually when I go play golf with the boys, I got a T-shirt on. I got shirt, you know, just some regular old shorts on. Don't even worry about a belt. Just we're going to go out there and have a good time. And I was like, you know what? I am going to the prestigious west side of Cincinnati today. I'm sure that those guys won't even let you on the course unless you, you got a nice collared shirt with some nice pants, nice belt. 
So that's what I did. I wanted to make sure that uh, Woodland that Woodland I was golf dressed up for Woodland. Yeah, Woodland this golf. is what I'm wearing. Woodland Golf Course is notorious for people not dressing up. So mm. this is like usually usually I don't even wear the khaki shorts. You're just in athletic shorts when you go to Woodland because you're not out there for you know you're not you're not trying to win the tour. You're just trying to have a good round of golf. It's you know it's not can about. You wear appearances. a t-shirt at this golf it's, course. Yeah, you can wear a t-shirt. You can you can wear no shirt, Tom. I mean, this is just this is just the My relaxed kind of nature. You can. This is just the relaxed nature of Woodland Golf Course. You're out there to try your best, try your hardest. It's not about appearance. It's not about all that other stuff. The country club lifestyle. I know Tom likes the country club lifestyle. But it's not. A, it's not about that. You know, it's it's about having fun with your friends, and that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna have some fun. And I'm gonna beat Trace's ass. That's what we're trying to do. We're gonna try to do it. Gonna, if if I don't do it, if I don't do it, it's this is this this clip right here is gonna look really bad. So I just give this company free clicks. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's what I do. I think of you guys. When I say these outlandish things, and Mouse Cop, I'm not even gonna look at the chat right now. I'm not even gonna look at them because they all hate my guts. I'm gonna win today in spite of all of you, in spite of this whole chat. I think you have a chance. I really do. I, I, I genuinely. Think what you have in a God's name would make you think he has a chance? Because based on here's what you, the thing. you are nine shots ahead after three holes. Well, I played very, very well, okay, if we're being completely honest. I usually will shoot around a 42. I shot a 36. So that, that in and of itself right there is six strokes. Um, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. And I also looked at the okay, course. No, 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 I got to no, no, be honest. No. I looked at the course, and if Elliot hits the ball straight like he does and he can put the ball on the green regulation, which when the, when the hole is only 225, 250 yards away, you know, not all that hard to do. And uh, as as Reed will, will point out, my biggest weakness of my game is going to be I'm going to I'm going to be staring at 270 yard, 265 yard uh, par fours, and I'm going to try to land it on the green every single time, even if there's hazard around or not. Every every time I've beaten Trace, which isn't hasn't happened a whole lot, but uh, every time I beat Trace, that's because he tries to do hero shots from time to time. I mean, he's trying to go over trees, 270 yards. He's like, ah, I can carry this water over here. Just dinks it in. He's, he's, he's trying to play a slice around a bin. I'm like, what are you doing, Trace? Just play the damn hole. Trace, and Trace has had, a, has a, has had a, a tough week. He's been dealing with hosting this show, Tom. Yep. He's hosting the Red Show at night until 3 a.m. So he's, he's, I'm, I'm banking on him to be tired, not well-rested, not well-fed. I, I think there's a chance I beat him. And I also think there's a chance he's playing with house money today, so he just starts acting like a clown out there just to insult me. So there is that aspect of it too. He's gonna just. Start, I did Tom might, think about it. I might, thought about. I thought about playing with my seven iron only today. I mean that really did cross <laughs> my mind. And in fact, I think I will do that. If I if I'm seven or nine or uh, what was it nine strokes ahead after two holes, I will play for my seven iron the whole entire round after that, including putting. Including putting. Yes. Um, a couple of comments in the uh, chat. Says, uh, Elliot, you could bring Tiger Woods and you're done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably, but this is, we're going to try our best. And Harry says that Trace is Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Are you a lefty out there? And he gambles, too. I, 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 I have a lot of qualities of Phil Mickelson, I got to be yeah. honest. Although I, I, I would like to say that I am supportive of the PGA Tour, but I also know that Liv pays a lot of money. So, you know, I mean, I'm. I can't believe You're open. By the way, not that we want to get on uh, golf. Ryder Cup is right around the corner. Yeah. Um, what about uh, the live guys? The live guys, let's be honest, they won. They, they, they made out on this whole thing, right? They're about to be right back on tour here really shortly, and they just got a huge payday. Everyone thought they were going to be annexed from the sport. Brooks Koepke is probably going to be playing in the Ryder Cup. Boy, did they win. They were the, they were the big winners of, of the year. That's, cr that's crazy. I mean, if you think Well, the about big winners are the Saudis. Well, correct. Correct. I, well, yeah, I mean, 
the, the, the sports washing has taken a, a whole new meaning with them. So shout out them, I guess. Dis disgusting. But whatever. Uh, I, I, I think the Live Golf guys, I don't know if they're going to be allowed. That's like the one thing the PGA guys have on them right now is they can play in the Ryder Cup. But if that's what they're missing, if that's the only thing they're missing, I think those guys won the lottery and they won it big time. I mean, they're going to be still respected in the sport. They're all getting their rankings back. They're basically, they basically didn't even leave, except for Phil Mickelson. There's a couple of those guys that are going to take it on the chin, uh, and they're just going to be hated by the rest of the league. Phil Mickelson's one of those guys now. So outside of Phil Mickelson, I, and I, even still Phil Mickelson, they, they all made off like bandits. They're all on tour again. So we'll see. PGA, shout out them. What's the guy? Who's the guy? Who's the guy? What's the guy's name? The commissioner um, of the PGA. Jay Monahan. Jay Monahan. Not a great guy, Jay Monahan, but whatever. Yeah. Shout out Jay Monahan. Do you know uh, um, which we talked about golf probably entirely too long? We have to turn the show back over uh, from the Ham and Eggers back to a real professional and Tom. Oh yeah. Um, is that uh, John Rahm actually defended Jay Monahan? I, I that was a wild thing to see. He actually defended Jay Monahan, said that he that he thought he did a great job on the tour and that they, they were making more money and their purse prizes were more than they ever been in the yeah, past. that's right. And uh, he stuck up for Jay Monahan in a little bit of a way, said that, you know, he's a businessman and that's what his job is and and uh, he feels like he does a good job. He'd like to see him, Jay, get a chance to see it all the way through. So I, that's – John Rahm, is, it's not like he's a nobody out there. So Have he you does want portalettes on every hole, though. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever called? Have you ever called a golf event, Tom? I did one uh, one thing for Fox years ago with some celebrity thing out at um, La Costa Country Club out in uh, California. It was a fun event. It was like a par three challenge thing. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Do you have to turn? Okay. So I assume you didn't have to turn on like the whisper, the, the whisper broadcasting when you do that. And now John Rahm lines up for the putt. Did you did you talk in that voice? No. Uh, well, yeah. Well, when 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 the tournament, the guys are getting ready. To yeah. Hit, yeah. We were far enough away from him though, where he could have. Okay. You know, just kept okay. it nice and easy. You know, kind of like I sound now, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> sound great. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, th this is one of the uh, most interesting comments we've had in a long time. From Drew Garrison. <laughs> Says Elliot is the most important sports media personality in Ohio right now. I might be on to something there. Can't a lot, disagree. A lot, of, disagree. a lot of people are saying this. A lot of people are saying this in the chat rooms and wherever else that you, yeah, you can find X. these. Com, that's you get on X.com and that's where you, that's what they're all saying. Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just the world's greatest sports Congratulations. personality. Drew Thank added that the Saudis are probably going to be watching you today. Ooh, <laughs> they could be. They'll be scouting me. Put you on the tour. They could we'll be. See. We'll see. I'll take I'll take ten million dollars if they offer it. Do you think? Do you think that? Uh, well, Fritzner bailed on the show, so I mean, hell, you <laughs> bailed too. So it's he all right. Quit. Tommy's a quitter. I mean, that guy's just a quitter. I, no, I love we Paul. We miss Paul. We Paul, miss Paul. He made me. Did you see? Did you see him make me cry on air? I cried on air for Paul. That's mm. what happened. That's how much I cared about Paul, and he quit on us, and he quit on the family. But that's okay. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> you want to get anything off your chest there? No, 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 no. No, he's having fun somewhere. I mean, he's a Xavier Gat, Casey. He's like to say, Xavier Gat. <laughs> Xavier Gat. Yeah. Hey, we wish him nothing but the best. Dude's awesome. We love him. Um, okay. Do you, think I... do you think, real quick, do you think you'll have Sean Miller on now that he, Paul's gone? I may not even ask Sean Miller to come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, been the, that's been the topic of conversation in the chat. Yeah. 
It's like Sean Miller might be able to might be on now. My dad went to some event recently. Oh, oh he's, he's on the Cincinnati Bell commercial or yeah, Ultra Fiber. Taped, right, that's what it was. He's Thank big you. time. Thank you. So he went over there no free ads. and uh, and <laughs> and I wish I would have known because believe me, if there's anybody on the planet that would have not hesitated for a second to ask Sean Miller that question, it would have been my dad. <laughs> but I mean. Darren Horn was there, right? Yeah. Right. Friend uh, of the program. Wes Miller was there. Friend of the program. Right. Friend yeah. of the program as well. Sean Miller was there. And my dad comes back and talks about how great all these guys were. And Darren Horn was talking about our show. And Wes Miller had said he had been on. And I said to my dad, I said, well, I wish I would have known. Because I would have had you ask Sean Miller. When do we get him on? I don't know. It's just he was a link away, Tom. Let's be honest. He was a link away. If he had had that, if the link was working, that, that is day, allegedly. It's allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Every guest we've had on was a link away. They all found their way. On. <laughs> <laughs> they all made it. They all made it on except for one. He tried his best, though. That's what, you know. Xavier tries their best in a lot of ways. They try. The, oh they try to make. God. They try to make the final four. Just like the link, just didn't. It doesn't work, right? It just doesn't work. <laughs> but maybe, maybe this is their year. Maybe this is their year. Go Xavier, go. Blue Blob's a great mascot. Don't listen to the hate. Those are your guys. He's talking about. Reed. Hey, I like Xavier. <laughs> Out of all the teams that I root for, they're they're at the bottom of the totem pole. But yeah, I like Xavier. I like Xavier. So if you beat down like the coolest dude on the team last year, the coolest dude on the team, I did not beat down Jerome. Yes, you Hunter. did. I did no, not. I like Jerome Hunter. You don't like I Jerome did. Hunter? I love Jerome Hunter. No, I love Jerome. I don't down. like Xavier. And he I love said Jerome I beat down the, the coolest guy. I didn't beat down Zach Fremantle. I didn't beat down. I did beat down Adam Kunkel. I did beat down Adam Kunkel. But listen, Adam Kunkel was a was a schlub. Man. He was a schlub. A schlub. He hit four threes a game. He what was a schlub. Schlub. Local guy. Why does anybody not like Adam? I mean, I. If it wasn't for Adam Kunkel, they would have lost to who last year, Tom? What was that team they played in the first round that everybody just was just walking right over? But next thing you know, turn around, Adam Kunkel was just putting the team on his back in the first round of the tournament. I can't even remember those teams' names. It was uh, the Owls, the Owls of uh, Kennesaw State. Look that's at right. that. But that's anyways, a tough, that's a tough program, guys. Come on, let's that's get back tough, on track. That's, that's Let Tom run it. We gotta ask. We gotta ask Cal to come on this year. What do you think the chances, yay or nay, if you were a betting man? What percentage of the chance? So, in other words, we're saying there's an X percentage chance, you guys all being without question degenerates. <laughs> what, what, I have no connection with Cal. None. Zero. Ne never met him, never nothing. Okay? But we're going to give it a shot to try to get the big man on this year. What would you say the percentage of success that happening would be? Cal is a 100, man. he's coming Coach on. Zero, we got no chance. If we if we give an honest, I mean over over fifty percent, I'd say we we we'd get Coach Cal on. Seventy, I, I, I feel pretty feel pretty confident we can get Coach Cal on. Seventy two percent. The key is you got to do it. You got to do it somewhere in the middle of the season when like the the fan base still isn't freaking over freaking out over a loss. To well, some I mean, they'll they, they so they'll they, be freaking out every game. They will be, but you got to get them when they're hot. You got to get when Kentucky when Kentucky's hot. I'd say there's a seventy five percent chance Cal will join this. Boy, program. I don't know. That's high, guys. Tom, I think you're downplaying. I think you're downplaying uh, who Tom Brenneman is again. But uh, I would say I think I'm in the 60% camp. I'm in there. I'm Case. somewhere in there. Yeah, 60%. I'm in about the 30. Okay. Hmm. What are the odds we get Sean Miller on? What are the odds Xavier makes a Final Four? <laughs> Zero. 
Just a flat out zero. They can try their best. I bet God, it's my first day back, and we've done Come nothing on. but piss off the Xavier. Fans. Sorry, that's my bad. I love Xavier. I, I think they're great people. They're you know they try their best over there. They're hard workers, kind of. I mean, the guys in the chat are not so uh, confident. I mean, we've gotten a zero uh, percent chance, five percent chance, five percent chance, twelve percent, seventy percent. Paul Fritzner's here. Now, is Paul saying seventy for Cal? Or 70 for Sean? Good question. Clarify, Paul. Good he was, question. He was saying Cal. He was saying Cal. That was the question proposed at the time. Okay. All right. Well, Nick says 23.885%. Okay. Well, hey, you know, that's right around where I put it. Um, okay. Well, I'm hoping we get Cal. And we're going to ask Sean to come back on. Because, you, you, I mean, you know, look, at the end of the day, it was a situation where he wasn't familiar, familiar with some of the equipment. He was at home last year. I mean, I, I brought it up on a regular basis for some of you that may not remember that he wasn't on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and until he comes on, I'm going to continue to do it. All right, look, I'm getting out of here today. It's, I, I'm running on empty here. Um, but look, um, I am hoping – now, the last time I had this surgery, I had to go about a week – where I couldn't talk at all. My wife and kids were like in utopia. Couldn't yell at anybody. Um, so that's the plan. It'll probably be, you know, right around a week. But I'm hoping what we can do is, is uh, once I'm able to start talking again and start working with somebody who's going to help me get my kind of voice back strong again, in uh, Wendy LaBorn here in town, which, by the way, she's the best person, I'm told, literally in the world at her job. Um, so uh, I would love to be able to come on, Trace, and join you guys a couple of times a week, right? Where we could do our picks. Casey, we got yep. some big picks coming up. Yep. Right? Um, I'm going to send you – please, Casey, send me the games – that we're picking with college football kicking off full board this weekend. Yep. All the heavyweights are playing this weekend. Yep. I'll send it to you. Okay. And um, and we will um, we will I will send in my picks and then I'll start um, coming on to uh, make my picks. So I appreciate all you guys in the chat. Um, I've really I, you know I, I've just missed you guys as guys. You know what I mean? I missed you. I agree, Tom. Missed you guys a lot. I, I really mean that. Um, all right. All the best. Let's keep this thing rolling. Bigger and better than ever. There we go. All right. Good luck today. Thank you. Thank you. Trace, good luck today. Thank you. I'll tell you what, we're gonna end the show early. You sign us off, because I think that you've made it you've made it uh, you made it you made it longer than you said you were gonna make it. And I think that uh, today's a, an adequate day to to sign us off. Okay. It's your show. You end it. You started it, you finish it. All right, fair enough. Guys, all of you, can't thank you enough for all the really just uh, really sweet comments in here. And, uh, and thank you for your thoughts and prayers. And uh, we'll keep you posted. I'll shoot uh, the guys here a message that, that uh, good Lord willing, all is well on um, tomorrow. And, uh, and we go from there and get back soon. Because I, I got to be back here for football. I mean, if I can't be beating some guys up, then, I mean, what else is there in life? <laughs> what else is there, right? No, in all seriousness. Thanks for everything. Guys, thank you. I look forward to seeing you soon. 
All the best to all of you and have a great rest of your Monday. Be well.